Hello everyone and welcome back to the Shaping Futures podcast with me, Ellie Stevenson, and our incoming Adelaide Hub curator, Madison O'Brien. Before we dive into the topic of food waste today, we're just going to begin with an acknowledgement of country. We would like to acknowledge that the land we meet and collaborate on today is the traditional lands of the Ghana people of the Adelaide Plains. We pay respect to elders past, present and emerging and we recognise and respect their cultural heritage beliefs and relationship with the land. Thanks Ellie. Hi everyone. Today we're talking about food waste and we're going to jump in with a list of some pretty grim facts. Roughly one-third of all food produced for human consumption around the world goes to waste every year. The annual value of food wasted globally is close to $1 trillion. An area larger than China is used to grow food that is never even eaten every single day. There are about 1 billion people in the world who go hungry. We could feed all of them on less than a quarter of the food that is wasted in the UK, US and Europe alone. And in most developed countries, almost half of food waste is happening at home. There's some pretty eye-opening statistics, and I can't believe that half of all food waste takes place in the home. It feels pretty depressing because we are one half of the problem of one of the largest sources of climate change. But on the other hand, this sounds like a great opportunity to be able to take action ourselves. To help us demystify the food waste problem and understand what's happening at a state and national level to tackle this, we are so excited to be joined by Amelia Chaplin, who is an early career professional, really passionate about reducing food waste and promoting regenerative practices. Amelia, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me, Shaping Community. It is our absolute pleasure to have you here with us today, Amelia. Um, Before we dive into food waste, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and how you came to be the Project Officer Organics at Green Industries SA? Absolutely, I'd love to. Um, So yeah, uh, I'm Amelia Chaplin. I studied environmental policy and management at the University of Adelaide. Um, And I actually had focused kind of all of my study on coastal resilience and sea level rise and what that means for our coastal communities. Um, And through that, I went to a National Environment Institute conference one year. And I don't really remember much from most of the talks there, but I do remember this one line that was, if every single household in New South Wales diverted their food waste out of the landfill bin and into the green bin... Australia would meet their Paris Agreement targets. And I was absolutely shocked by that. (laughs) (laughs) That's a crazy statistic. And I suppose it gives you a little bit of hope as well to know that something, you know, so small can have such a large impact for Australia. Absolutely. And I feel like that's kind of maybe not at the time. I was still pretty much, I was still very much on my, my coastal resilience kind of bandwagon. Um, But (laughs) I, yeah, it just kept really hitting me to my core and you know I was being as much of a food waste warrior as possible and yeah I saw my role up with Green Industries SA and I was like I don't know anything about the industry but I'm so passionate about the potential and what these opportunities are so that's how I kind of landed here. That's it's so important particularly for young people and it's a message that we really try to get across is finding that thing that you are so passionate about and and running with it. So what I'd love to know is for some of the young people in the state and and potentially people that are listening to this podcast who are you know maybe also food warriors and and wanting to consider a career 
in this area. Do you have any tips or tricks and, and things that you would advise on those young people to do in order to get into, into the industry? Yeah, so I guess a bit unconventional in the sense that I, I worked in international development for a while and that kind of I saw a lot of food insecurity issues kind of arise in the communities that we were working with across the Pacific and Southeast Asia. Um, so food was still kind of niggling in the back of my mind and I just got really invested in kind of like what the statistics were, what we were doing as a whole. I worked in hospitality for feels like my whole life. Um, <laughs> and so I was always like really cognizant of the amount of food waste that was happening in in those areas so I think just always feeling that it was always something that was really present in my life and that I cared about kind of kind of gave me the confidence that I I would be good in a in a role such as mine which is very kind of policy and advocacy and project oriented but yeah just kind of backing myself and and exploring that and learning as much about it as I could so I was prepared to to yeah, have that confidence to apply for a role. Mm. Can you tell us perhaps a little bit more about what a day in your life looks like as the project officer for Organics? Absolutely. Um, I mean, I find it the most interesting job in the world. <laughs> I hope everyone else would as well. Um, but so Green Industries are a government agency. We're a um, statutory corporation established to support the development of the circular economy in South Australia. So um, my day-to-day kind of changes from kind of policy positions, um, making project proposals, but also engaging with kind of universities, businesses, consumers about kind of food waste, um, how they can like divert it in the first instance, how they can reduce the amount that they're generating. And then also what does food packaging look like to help facilitate food preservation and food Um, diversion and then as well as yeah kind of engaging with the food relief sector as well and so how we can better support them to get food to the people that are needing the food. Awesome and can you tell us a little bit more about what exactly Green Industries as a corporation is just for those people who haven't heard of you or for people who perhaps want to know more about what you do day-to-day in South Australia? Yeah So, yep. So we're a statutory corporation. So we have our own legislation in South Australia. So we were originally Zero Waste SA in 2007, um, where our whole focus was on reducing waste to landfill. And then in 2014, um, that kind of got um, replaced with the Green Industries Act. So it's an act that really just means that we support the development of a circular economy, uh, improve kind of the productivity and resilience of businesses and build up that resource efficiency um, as well. So that, yeah, everything from businesses to implementing sustainable practices, funding innovation and really growing that that jobs um, in resource recovery and leading the way in a circular economy. Mm, fantastic. That circular economy is something that we've been, I suppose, talking a lot about recently within the Adelaide Global Shapers Hub. And, and we had originally set out to run a project around e-waste. Now, we came to Green Industries a couple of months ago just to ask, you know, would anyone be interested in, in talking with us and helping us, you know, demystify this whole e-waste issue that we have? Um, and so fortunately, we were able to use your advice and your, and your guidance in order to 
perhaps uncover that that food waste is potentially a better conversation to be having right now in South Australia. So can you tell us a little bit more about why food waste is one of your biggest priorities at Green Industries South Australia? Absolutely. So we see it as not only an environmental challenge, but also a huge economic and social challenge as well. And when we look at the circular economy, you've got these two kind of the butterfly diagram, if you're familiar with it. So you've got the biological and you've also got the technological on the other side. So I think that biological diagram of the circular economy is is so fascinating and so important to us so we can make sure that food is getting utilised at its highest and best use and it's either getting eaten or it's getting turned back into soil to help grow more food. And I think that that imagery of it makes it the circular economy as a whole just make total sense to people that might be unfamiliar. Um, so it's just recreating something from, from a product. So, yeah, we find that so important here at Green Industries SA. We think it has the biggest kind of tangible impact on our environment on our economy and socially as well um, now more than ever with you know cost of living crisis there's so much happening in the food security space that um, food waste has a really big role in it as well. Definitely um, do you have any sort of specific statistics you can share with us about food waste in our state currently some numbers that might hit home for those people who don't know about what we're doing here in South Australia? In Australia, we're seeing seven and a half million tonnes of food get wasted every year, which is about at a cost of $36 billion, which is absolutely wild to even grapple with. Um, And in South Australia, we waste about 250,000 tonnes of food every year. So it's a lot of food that's going straight to landfill instead of compost facilities. But on that as well, it's about $3,000 per household that we're spending on food that ultimately just gets thrown away. And then when we think of the cost of everything rising, um, that is such a staggering amount for the regular household to be wasting. Definitely. And you're talking about, you know, what happens to this food is it gets thrown away and it's not composted properly. I guess in terms of food waste at the moment, can you give us a rundown or an example of what composting looks like when food waste is dealt with correctly versus when it is not dealt with correctly. Absolutely. So, um, I mean, I think we're all guilty for it, but me in particular, I'll sometimes let my spinach get a bit too soggy in the value bag at the bottom of my veggie crisper. Um, So doing food waste wrong is just putting that soggy spinach bag and all straight into your landfill bin and being done with it. And then that goes to the landfill it gets put in this big hole covered up there's no air or anything coming through there so spinach that was thrown away 25 years ago in a plastic bag will still be sitting there today it's crazy (laughs) yeah mind-boggling absolutely so then so much spinach so much spinach (laughs) Uh, and not only is it still there but it's rotting and it's releasing methane which is 28 times has 28 times more warming potential than carbon dioxide which is I think something that we all really need to to realize and and feel the impact of because it's it's a lot scarier than the carbon dioxide out there um yeah it it does sound like there's not only a financial impact of this food waste problem, but there's also a massive environmental impact. And we've touched on climate change a little bit 
um, so far in this conversation, but I'd really love to understand from you, Amelia, do you think that in South Australia and, and even the nation more broadly that we're framing climate change in the right way or tackling it with the right level of urgency? I think perhaps not with the right level of urgency at a national scale. I mean, the revised safeguard mechanism getting passed in the Senate today that we recorded is obviously a positive step forward. Um, but I think I think I'm guilty of it getting so kind of run down that, you know, what can I do? Like I'm not I don't own a coal mine. I can't control what's happening in that space. But I feel like with food waste, it is almost an act of resistance, I guess, not to romanticize it too much. But I think that's where I kind of became a food waste warrior in that if I am diverting all of my organic waste away from landfill, I'm removing tons of methane from the atmosphere. And so our our waste is responsible for almost 3% of our emissions in South Australia, but that's like a million tonnes of carbon dioxide equivalent. So if we can reduce that and we can get all of this food waste out of landfill, that's saving more than 64,000 tonnes of carbon emissions every year. So not only when we do food waste right and we put it in our green bin, not only is that breaking down into beautiful nutrient-rich like soil amendment products, but it's also capturing carbon it's drawing carbon back down into the soil it's reducing the amount of water that we need to spread on our agricultural lands Um, and it's just working its magic I just think there's such a a cool story about compost and soil that that we don't know about because ever when as soon as people put their waste in a bin that's kind of it's the set and forget Mm. definitely I think you know you've highlighted just then so many benefits to composting and we obviously know it goes deeper than just you know creating some nice soil it's all about you know saving our planet and doing things to make our world more sustainable more livable which is so important for future generations and also for the people who are living now you know this is uh, action that needs to happen as we speak not something that will be implemented in 10 years or so down the track absolutely Um, and I think so in this Australian context where there's a tyranny of distance, right? So we've got mangoes grown in the Northern Territory that get trucked down to Adelaide to be processed to then get tracked back up to the Northern Territory and all around Australia because we all want our mangoes in summertime. <laughs> and then when we get the mango and then we forget to eat it and then we throw it away, it's not just one mango that we're throwing away it's all of that embodied energy so it's everything that was happening on the mango farm it's like all of the synthetic fertilizers all of the water that was getting put onto it it's then the labor hours in picking and packing and then it's the trucking it down and all of the emissions with that and then it's you driving to the store to pick it up and then driving back probably not in an electric car for anyone in the demographic this is aimed at. (laughs) And then it's us cooling it and like keeping it in our refrigerator. So then when we throw it out, there's so much more embodied energy and resource use that was on that piece of fruit Mm. that we don't don't really recognise or realise because we're so disconnected from our agricultural space these days. Mm. So I think that's why, you know, at Green Industries, we really do focus on that kind of consumer end of the food waste hierarchy because that's where all of that resource is in and so if we put that in the bin it's not just a, a piece of fruit we're putting in the bin 
in the general waste bin. If we can put it into an organics recovery system, then we, we're kind of recovering a lot of that embodied energy and we can put that back onto our soils again. Mm, it's such a beautiful regenerative cycle when you think about it that way. It's a and life cycle, <laughs> you know? Yeah, circle of life. <laughs> so I guess another question we have in terms of food waste as a whole, just a great big topic, um, what is happening at the local government level in South Australia to tackle this and is enough being done to tackle the issue? So there's a lot being done, um, which is really inspiring to live in South Australia and know that we're leaders in this space. So for the last two decades, we've been, green industries have been investing heavily in ensuring every metropolitan household has a three bin system. So we've got our general waste, our recycling and our green bins. And so every council, we help support them in getting kitchen caddies for inside your home. So you can have a small bin on your bench near your food prep area that you can put your food waste into in compostable liners and then put into your green bin. So we've got over 80% of our population has access to a green bin, which is phenomenal. Um, the the 20% remaining and those really rural areas where a, a waste collection service is a lot more difficult to coordinate. Um, but, you know, that's a, a leader in Australia um, of of the food waste collection services and we're seeing a lot of the other states are now jumping on board too nationally we've got a target to halve food waste by 2030 so it's really nice that everyone's seeing the value in it now that south australia has been um, leading in for years um so yeah if you don't already have a kitchen caddy at your house um get in touch with your council and they'll give you one for free they'll give you some compostable bags as well um and you can yeah you can start the journey as well i have a question for you both where do you keep your kitchen caddy i keep mine under my sink Mm -hmm. but i throw mine out probably every second day yeah, right. Straight into your big green bin. Straight into my big green bin. Yeah, fantastic. What about you, That's Ellie? awesome. Um, so my family has a little kitchen caddy. It's not one from a council. It's one we purchased. It's a mm. little larger, um, which is great, obviously. <laughs> um, and we keep that on the kitchen surface so it's easy. We can just chuck stuff in, empty it into the green bin. It's normally my dad's job, so good on your dad for doing that, <laughs> taking one for the team. We love a sustainable dad. We love it, don't we? It's so good. But yeah, that's where I keep my kitchen caddy. What about you, Maddie? Yeah, mine's in the pantry. Uh, we do, yeah, we bring that out with every meal. We've also got a worm farm, so we have to split our scraps between the yeah kitchen caddy and the worms to make sure that they get fed. And <laughs> so we've got it all worked out at home, but... <laughs> That's amazing. Got to make sure everyone's fed, including the worms. Including the worms. (laughs) (laughs) Very important. Leave no one behind. Awesome. So on the topic of kitchen caddies, um, perhaps, you know, I'd love to understand more about what actually happens when we dispose of the the waste from the kitchen caddy into our green bin. What then happens with that waste and where does it go? Great question. The the bin fairies take it away. yeah, so uh, your your waste will get collected. Mine gets collected on a Thursday. So my bin will get collected and then there's four major composting facilities that service mm-hmm. the metropolitan region. Um, so they'll go to one of these places, they'll kind of get dumped out, 
in a non, not so glorious manner. Yep. So they'll go to one of four composting facilities we have. They'll the truck will dump them out, and then they'll kind of get fashioned into these big open windrows. So that's about a, a glorious word for a pile of waste. Um, so they'll be about you know, 50 metres long, five metres high, and they, they sit on a fourth duration mat. So it's a big concrete stand, which then has um, fans kind of blowing through it to help make sure that there's air going through these piles and they can have all the microbes, all the warmth and moisture that they need to kind of break down into nutrient-rich humus, um, which is what we, the fancy word for mm. compost and soil. And so that'll sit there for about 12 to 14 weeks. It'll get turned every few days to make sure all the bits inside are moving to the outside and it's all kind of working its magic and and breaking down really, really beautifully um, and retaining all of that nutrient richness and that moisture, which we really want to see in in healthy, healthy soils and healthy compost. So that will happen for about, yeah, 12 to 14 weeks. And then afterwards it'll go through a really gorgeous decontamination screening so if there were any any contaminants still in there that haven't broken down we'll process it at the end to screen out you know any bits of glass or bits of plastic that may have accidentally fallen into the process um, and then after that the it's all packed up um, our major markets are horticulture and viticulture so all of our wine is getting the nutrient goodness of our food waste um but then also households and, you know, community parks and council land as well uses that compost back onto the land to help regenerate those soils and help, yeah, reduce the reliance on chemical fertilisers and added water. Amazing. That's such a long process. No one would ever imagine, I'm sure, but now we know. We know what happens exactly to our waste. Absolutely. And it's really phenomenal. It's over $300 million of gross state product. So it's not, it's much more than, I guess, what anyone realises. Yeah. So there's $180 million just from that processing, the jobs created in that, um, like everything kind of involved in, at the processing side of it. But then beyond that, there's an almost $200 million of added um, productivity benefits from once it is on our soil. So it's it's a huge industry and it's it's so important to our economy, but it, it gets forgotten a bit. It's not as sexy as other industries, perhaps. But still so, so important, definitely. Um, I guess a really good question. We've spoken a lot about South Australia and what we're doing in terms of food waste in our state and also in Australia. But I guess how does South Australia compare to a more global scale compared to other countries, perhaps overseas? How are we doing in this big grand scheme of things? I think Australia and South Australia are so unique in our food loss and waste ecosystem um, you know, we've got so much, we grow so much food here. We grow enough food to feed 75 million people. 90% of the food in our supermarkets is Australian made and Australian grown. Whereas a lot of other countries import a lot of food and have different kind of levels of freshness with their fresh food. So I think that that really plays in what we see happening in Australia. We see 30% of our food loss happening on farms and in the production space, we see 30% happening in manufacturing and businesses and then we see 30% at the household level so 
it's a really different kind of operating environment to what we see in different countries where they have a bit more control over they're not growing as much so the amount that is wasted on farms is significantly less than what we're seeing um and then we're also south australia is also yeah putting a lot of investment and um infrastructure into collecting it all um you know we see in france they've got these supermarket bans so supermarkets can't destroy any edible food they have to donate it which is phenomenal um and in australia we we it's incredible seeing just the amount the amount of food that Woolworths and Coles and Audi do donate back to Food Bank and Oz Harvest and Second Bite without that kind of legislative mechanism. So I think what we're doing in Australia at large is is really inspiring and it's really nice to know that food is being used at its highest and best use at the macro scale. But I think that micro scale, which really has a lot more impact on our climate is yeah, is really making sure we're diverting it back into our green bin to get it turned into compost to get it used again in in a circular way. Because otherwise, it going into landfill would just create methane and establish yeah all that bad things. <laughs> bad things. <laughs> Nothing that we like here. Um, that's fantastic, and yeah, obviously, it's so insightful understanding the balance. I suppose when we think of food waste and climate change there's potentially feelings that individuals have around, you know, maybe I'm not going to be able to make a difference to this. But when you're talking about those statistics around, you know, 30% are responsible from business level and 30% are responsible from farming and then 30% responsible at the individual level, um, can you perhaps reiterate that message around what the individual um, can do and the action that they take and how much of an impact that actually has on the problem itself? Yeah, I mean, if everyone did it, we wouldn't be having this conversation, <laughs> would we? And it's 3% of our state emissions and that all adds up, even if it's just like I could sit here and say it feels futile for just me to be doing it when I catch my housemate putting a banana peel in the green bin because she didn't want to take the kitchen caddy out. <laughs> um, but it's so, as a collective, there is so much opportunity there and there is so much um potential for that to really make a difference and it's not only um, mitigating the emissions but it's also helping mitigate the em- the impact once we do put it on these soils and we um, we, re- we regenerate our soils we build we pull down carbon back into the soil and that acts as a carbon sink so there is so much potential it's not just the matter of our food waste landing in landfill it's all of the added benefits that come from that individual action and that individual choice. And I think that's what one of the most exciting thing is, is that, yeah, I'm not, I don't have any sway over coal mines being built or carbon capture storage being a um, new technology to invest in, but I do have the ability to put my food waste into the right system to make sure that it, it does all of these things that we're spending billions of dollars a year on trying to, trying to capture carbon again. Um, I guess, you know, Maddie's talking about what we can do on an individual level and how important it is. I feel like there's a big stigma around things like this where people believe that they have to do it now and they have to do it correctly, otherwise it doesn't make an impact. But life is so transient, so busy, so loud. It's it's difficult 
as an individual to, you know, jump on the bandwagon and stick to it. Um, I guess especially for the younger people that will maybe be listening to this podcast, people who do live in share houses or even still live with their family, what sort of resources would you recommend to help them navigate these conversations in a way that's going to be beneficial for the future of our food waste? Oh, absolutely. And I mean, all of my friends probably could attest to how annoying I am about bringing them all the kitchen caddy as a housewarming gift and making sure that they're all doing the right thing. But for everyone that doesn't have me in their ear every day about it, um, and it can feel overwhelming and you, like, you want to do it right and if you can't do it right, what's the point? But even just starting with your, your fruit peels or yeah, your, your fruit and vegetable peelings, at least in the first instance, like that's still a good step and you're still – it's better to divert 20% than nothing. Um, and so for more resources, like green industries have invested so heavily into food waste. Um, it, you know, it's one of our key priorities. So we've got a few behavior change studies that you can get on our website. You, we've also got um, more information about our state food waste strategy, but there's also a lot of cool research happening nationwide. So the Australian government have funded the Fight Food Waste Cooperative Research Centre, which is based here in South Australia, because where else would you want to be based <laughs> in the food waste space? Um, so they partner with, yeah, like universities, institutions and businesses to kind of see where their food waste hotspots are and kind of create kind of sector action plans to reduce that food waste and to not just look at isolated businesses, but the entire sector. So what is the bread and bakery sector doing? How are they reducing their food waste? How are they controlling their stock levels? Um, what's the food relief sector doing? How can we work with catering and hospitality venues? So there's a lot happening and there is a lot of statistics out there um, and a lot of actions that can be done through those mechanisms. Um, but yeah. Of course. And I feel like we've spoken a lot about change on an individual level or, you know, sort of within our own personal bubbles. I guess on a more societal level, it's a case of almost classical conditioning, you know, teaching yourself, relearning the process of how to handle your waste correctly. Um, what sort of things are happening in South Australia? Are there any bin strategies? Are there anything sort of in the CBD that people should know about that they can use? Yeah, so excitingly last year, we worked with the Adelaide City Council to install some new bin banks throughout Rundle Mall. So now they're, instead of just a general waste and a recycling bin, there are now general waste, recycling and uh, organics bin in each of the bin banks, that whole strip. So it's just about... The intention was mostly there in the first instance to really just get that recognition between home, work and play um, and public place. So, um, and with the rise of compostable packaging in lieu of um, single-use plastic bands, it's just a really good way to get people to start recognising where they can put their food waste. Um, I think it's, out, it's the end of festival season, but if anyone that went into the garden or WOMAD would have seen how wonderful our public event spaces are having really good diversion and really people know how to use it in those isolated environments and so it's just kind of getting that that habit forming and that behavior change and seeing it more often and being able to recognize how to correctly use it uh okay what's so yeah I suppose we have spoken on a fair bit about you know individually what we can do but 
in order to sort of stop that problem where we actually have food that's being wasted in our households, do you have any tips or um, perhaps ideas that you can share with our listeners around how they can cut down on their food, food waste in the first place? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, easier said than done, right? Just <laughs> being organised, <laughs> writing a list, checking what we have before we go shopping, um, not shopping when we're hungry. Um, Never mm-hmm. shop on an empty <laughs> stomach. <laughs> um, but really simple actions like that, like making a list. I know some advice is to kind of meal plan. Um, that doesn't suit my lifestyle. But um, yeah, just being a bit more cognizant and co- unconscious of what is in your fridge, what's in your pantry, um, having a shelf dedicated to kind of things that you want to use up or things that are communal if you're in a share house and kind of you're taking a bit more of stock of what you have. So that kind of um, look, plan, do um, methodology that kind of Oz Harvest promote, I think is really clever. Um, using up leftovers as well. I used to be anti-microwave for whatever reason, but um, leftovers are so uh, pasta is always so much better the next day um so leftovers as well um but yeah just finding finding experiment in the kitchen don't be a bit afraid to make a bit of a sad veggie pasta or a sad veggie soup you know there just because it doesn't look completely perfect doesn't mean it's inedible Amazing. Amelia, thank you so much for coming to chat to us today. I think we can all agree this has been such an insightful conversation. So good to really just delve into the topic of food waste and, you know, your insights and knowledge. They're so valuable. So thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast today. Thank you so much. And I hope I've inspired everyone to put all their food waste into the correct organics bin. Absolutely. I think you have. Um, if people do want to know more about food waste, definitely check out all of those resources that Amelia did speak about. So green industries, which bin, all of that kind of stuff. Chuck it into Google and you will find exactly what you need. Also, if you'd like to hear more about Adelaide Global Shapers, we are on Facebook and Instagram. You can also find us on our website. Once again, thank you so much for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure. Bye. Bye.